Welcome in to the very first episode of the Marvel Sports Talk Show, broadcasting live from 98.1 WQAQ uh, inside the Carl Hansen Student Center at Quinnipiac University. My name is David Marr, alongside my co-host Andrew Spizzano. And Andrew, we are back for the first time in about a few months, bringing back sports talk for all our viewers out there. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to be here, David. Um, You know, we had a really good... We were doing a podcast before, and we were really doing well with that. We were covering MLB, college football, the NFL, looking at the NBA, the NHL, and now we're looking forward to airing live and talking about it. I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you who uh, who wanted to check out our season one, it's on Spotify. Uh, go to Marvel Sports Talk on um, Marvel Sports Talk Show on Spotify. We have 30 episodes, some bonus features. We had some special guests come on to talk some hockey and arena football. So for those of you who want to check that out, go on to Spotify, search up Marvel Sports Talk Show, and all of our Season 1 episodes are right there. And you can also check out Marvel Sports' website. Go to thoughtsonsports.wordpress.com for all your NFL, NBA, NHL, and college football, and MLB, of course, um, topics on that site. So let's dive into MLB first. I guess it's our first topic because, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, you're a Yankee fan, and both our teams right now are absolutely, like, all hell's broken loose with those two teams. I just don't know how, first off, the Red Sox have COVID. So I'm not going to, like, dissuade the fact that they're this bad. I mean, they, like, Bogarts is out. Verdugo has been playing terrible defense. And the Red Sox have basically set up the Blue Sox to come up and play. And they're getting destroyed by Tampa Bay right now. And then the Yankees had a 13-game win streak. And then they get the Orioles... And all of a sudden, they lose two out of three, and they're currently losing to Toronto. So let's start with the Yankees, because I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about the Yankees. But what, what has happened to the New York Yankees after their 13-game win streak? Well, first of all, for the New York Yankees, it's been a roller coaster of a year. Um, you know, they started off that through 82 games, they were 500, and fans were giving up on the season. Then the Yankees had a huge COVID outbreak, where I think they had a at least 10 cases. A lot of their star players, including Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, went down, and things looked really bleak. But then the trade deadline came. They went out and they got Joey Gallo. They got Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. And they picked up, I think they got Andrew Heaney and Clay Holmes to add on to their pitching rotation. But so they, as soon as the trade deadline happened, things were looking great, you know. They... We're playing well. They won 13 in a row. They beat some good teams. We swept your Red Sox at Yankee Stadium a couple weeks ago to pass you guys in the wild card standings. Um, but now the Yankees' offense has just gone stagnant. Joey Gallo's hitting 160 ever since he's come to the Yankees. Anthony Rizzo was dealing with COVID for a few weeks, and he's it's been a slow start start up for him since he's returned from the COVID IL. But And they just lost their best reliever for possibly the season in Jonathan Loizaga, who has a rotator cuff strain, and he leads all of relievers in baseball in war. And now Garrett Cole, who has been arguably the American League Cy Young, just hurt his left hamstring tonight. So things aren't looking great for the Yankees, especially since—and the division for sure is over. Um, Tampa Bay has just been unbelievable. They have by far the best record in the American League— and yeah, I'm nervous. It's looking like it's going to be a Yankee Red Sox wild card, David. Which would be awesome to watch for baseball fans because I know that the the hatred between Boston and New York for a playoff game would be at an all time high, probably at its all time high since '04, and we all know how that ended. So I'm not going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But the Red Sox dealing with a COVID outbreak. Nick Pavetta recently was the latest Red Sox to test positive. Um, they did get Kike and Danny Satana back from the COVID IL. Um, hopefully, Bogarts will be back. But what I've seen from the Red Sox right now is complete dysfunction because the defense has not played great. Verdugo 
misses a, a lofty fly ball because apparently the sun was in his face. And because of that, it leads to the game tying run, I believe, by Tampa and inside the park home run. And then Tampa wins it in extras. And now they're losing 8-1. to one. They just have no control. The, the bats have really been slumping. I mean, the Red Sox needing to pick it. Hopefully they can survive the outbreak and they can get right back to playing Red Sox baseball. That's the hope. But, you know, at this point, who knows with, with the schedule that they have. Um, you know, it could be devastating. But let's let's dive a little bit into the American League right now because I think that the 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 Central and the West in the American League has been is pretty much in control. I don't think Chicago's gonna relinquish their lead in the Central to Cleveland or Detroit. Detroit, by the way, finally got going after like a terrible start to the season. They're actually picking it up. They're in third place in the division. The NL is getting to be really interesting, and we had a great weekend series between the Giants and the Dodgers. And the Giants winning that, I think, proves that they might be the best team in the NL West. I think they're definitely better than the Padres. And they're probably better than the Dodgers after that weekend series win that they had at uh, AT&T Park, or Oracle Park, as it's now called. Yeah, no, definitely. That was a huge series win for the Giants. You know, they were coming in to the season. The season series was, I think they were both 8-8 eight and eight going into the weekend, and they had each scored the same amount of runs. Like, that's how neck and neck it's been. And they came into the series with the same record. And, you know, what impressed me about this, that last win for the Giants, they were going up against Walker Buehler, who came into the game 13-2 and with a low 2 ZRA. And he only had two losses going into the year, and they served him his third. Um, he gave up six runs in three innings, and Brandon Belt hit a home run off of him, you know, they went out and beat the Dodgers' best pitcher. You know, the Giants are a team that a lot of people overlooked coming into the year. You know, they were decent last year. I think they were around 500. But a lot of these young guys have stepped up, like Lamont Wade Jr. You know, you're seeing guys like they picked up Chris Bryant at the trade deadline. He's been great for them. Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey and even Brandon Belt have really had a career renaissance, you know, this year. All three of them have been playing well. And their pitching's been very impressive, especially in that bullpen. They've got this guy, I think his name's Tyler Rogers. He throws submarine. He throws like a rising slider, you know. It's it's nasty, you know. And Jake, Jake McGee's done a good job closing for them. I'm really impressed right now with the Giants, and I think they're going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the way the Giants are playing. Getting Chris Bryant at the trade deadline was a huge step forward for them. Adding some some batting depth, some defense depth, um, and the way that they're pitching. But also, I will say this: if the playoffs ended today, we want to talk about how much we'd love a Yankees Red Sox wild card game. How about a Dodgers Padres wild card game in Los Angeles with the winner going on to uh, to the NLDS? And the way that the Padres Padres and Dodgers games have gone this year, I mean, I I'd buy my ticket to that instantly. Because that'd be an instant fall classic for sure. Um, one last thing on, on baseball before we move on to college football real quick. The NL East, I've said this all year, it's like the NFC East of baseball because every team is has, is high or has their ups and their downs and their ups and their downs. The Mets would be one of those teams. The Philadelphia Phillies are definitely one of those teams. But are the Braves a clear division favorite right now? They're sitting a one and a half games ahead of the Phillies right now. Um you know, they're eight games over five hundred. Freddie Freeman, I think, is an NL MVP candidate. Are the Braves the best team in this division at this point? If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said for sure. Yeah. But they've struggled recently. They've lost six of their last ten. But the Phillies have won eight of their last ten. They're just one and a half games out. And, you know, the Phillies have really looked good, especially on offense. You know, they destroyed the Brewers the other day. They made him put in a position. I think they were up like, I think they won 12 nothing. Yep. Um, and Bryce Harper is low-key having an MVP caliber year. You know, he's been carrying that offense. Um, Gene Segura and Andrew McCutcheon have played a big role. And their pitching has looked a little bit better the last month or so. So I would watch out for the Phillies to give Atlanta a run. Um, I'm not ready to declare a favorite in that division yet. And even the Mets have looked pretty decent recently. I just can't get over how... How humorous the NFC or the NL East? Sorry, um, I'm getting ahead of football here. Uh, the NL East has been this year because at the beginning of the season it was the Mets, then 
Uh, a little bit after that, it was the Phillies, and now it's Atlanta, and then it was the Mets again, and now it's you know it's Atlanta again. So you just don't know which team is going to stay on their ups for so long before they go to their downs. I mean, you this one team has to be consistent in this division, and I don't know who it's going to be, but right now I think Atlanta can get out of this funk. They could get the bats going again. It comes down to their pitching. I don't think their pitching's been too good. They've got a lot of young pitchers, especially in their bullpen. Um, I think Philadelphia, if they could keep riding this wave of dominating wins, they could surpass Atlanta and maybe the Mets too. You know, you never know with the, with the Mets. Um, so that's our MLB for right now. But let's go to college football. It just started this week. Can I just say it is so great to have 100% capacity college football crowds and watching the Enter Sandman entrance at Virginia Tech literally gave me chills before that game started. I was literally watching i was sitting on the couch in crescent watching that intro and chills were running down my spine like i've never like the the energy is real in college football this year so very exciting week one had some great games um the biggest one of the day was clemson and georgia i think it lived up to its hype as a defensive game i didn't see it as an offensive game i thought it was going to be very low scoring and you know i turned out i was right um because the final score was 10 to 3 georgia had a pick six that ended up being the difference maker but the big concern here is Clemson. I don't think I've seen Clemson look worse under Davo Swinney. They gave up seven sacks, only scoring three points. That's the least amount of points that they've scored under Davo Swinney. And moving forward, their schedule is not favorable for them to make it back to the college football playoff. So, Andrew, do you agree with that statement that if Clemson is going to get back to the CFP, they're going to have to pray for a miracle that somebody in the ACC gets a, a ranking and they could say, okay, that's our one game we could use to get back into the CFP? Oh, for sure. You know, Clemson coming into the year is the third-ranked team. Um, you know, expectations were sky high. But personally, I I was a little nervous because they're entering a new phase. You know, um, Trevor Lawrence is gone. Travis Etienne is gone. Those were two of their rocks on offense the last couple of years. Um, so they're really going to need their quarterback now, DJ U- Ugalele? I know it's confusing. Uyagale, you know, they're going to need him to step up. I watched him play a few games last year. That Notre Dame game was impressive. He looked good in that. You know, he went up against a really tough Georgia defense. I want to see one or two more games before I'm ready to make my declaration on Clemson. But Because defensively, they looked pretty decent. But that offense really needs to get it going, or else they might be in trouble in the long run. I, was, I know it's Georgia, but... Clemson's offensive line returned, I think, four or five starters. Like, they should have had everybody on that offensive line from last year, and they look completely dysfunctional. And I do believe DJ Uyagalele is a good quarterback. I, I saw him play against BC when BC had that two-touchdown lead, and he led the comeback at home. So I think he's going to be okay, and, and, you know, Clemson can work through their cupcakes, and they can get... But the, the one game on the schedule, and I, I might say this is unbiased, but... Watch out for Boston College because BC's got a really good offense this year. They return um, a lot of starters on offense. Phil Dracovic's a great quarterback. Zay Flowers, one of the best receivers I think BC's ever had. Um, a, a pretty solid defense. They were missing some guys in their um, 50-point win over Colgate this weekend. Um, but I think BC, and they could, if they win their next couple of games, including Missouri at home, they, they could be ranked and they could give Clemson a good game um, in Death Valley. So, um, running down the schedule, we had Penn State beating Wisconsin. We had UCLA going uh, hosting LSU and winning that game. Uh, Iowa destroying Indiana. Um, the one surprise, surprise, sorry, for Week One from you, Andrew. What was the biggest surprise in uh, in college football aside from the aside from the Clemson loss? Um, one big surprise for me was how Oklahoma didn't did not look great at all um, in their forty two. I believe they won 40 to 35 yep. over a non-ranked um Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, and Spencer Rattler, I think he had an interception, you know, um I had really high expectations going into the year for Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma, you know, they they looked really good last year. You know, they come into the season ranked 2 in the nation and they go up against this non-ranked Tulane team and they they really were lucky to get out of that with a win. You know, they very they nearly blew it. They gave up 13 points in the fourth quarter, and they didn't score. You know, it looks like they 
they took their foot off the gas. Um, I was disappointed in Spencer Rattler. He actually had two interceptions. You know, he needs to be better. I think the one surprise for me, and I'm going to, it's a little, again, a little bit biased. Um, Ohio State, we were wondering all week long who's going to start a quarterback. They go with C.J. Stroud, true freshman quarterback, replacing Justin Fields, going into Minnesota. Minnesota, a team I thought was, was going to be pretty good. They had a good running back, a veteran quarterback, a pretty good defense. And first half, he didn't look too good. But in the second half, he got the ball to Chris Olave, who's, in, in my opinion, one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a good game. Ohio State's defense made a big turnover, uh, scoop and score late in the third quarter to really put the game out of reach. Ohio State, and I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna jump a little bit ahead. I think they're gonna win it all this year. I think the Buckeyes, so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, um, returning their two top wide receivers, one of their best tight ends, and a very, very good backfield. And not to mention, I know their defense is a little bit young. But once they get clicking under Ryan Day, they are going to be really tough to stop. So jumping in, I know we're a little bit ahead because we just got through week one, but let's jump to the ACC. We know that Clemson's probably going to win the whole thing if they get it together, and they probably will. Who do you think is going to join them in the Coastal? Like you, I know that UNC and Miami both lost, but against you know Miami had to play Alabama, so that was a given. But North Carolina losing against Virginia Tech was, uh, was tough. But who do you think in the Coastal is going to join Clemson in the title game? Ooh, this is tough because there were a couple of teams that were that are high ranked in there that didn't look so good. You know, North Carolina. I have a good friend that goes to Virginia Tech, and you know they just didn't they just couldn't get the job done against a non ranked Virginia Tech team. Um, and Notre Dame, who's ranked ninth coming into the country or coming into the season, they barely squeaked it out over FSU in overtime with a forty one to thirty eight win. Um, but yeah, I. I I'm not sure yet who I'm ready to declare is the team that's going to be joining them. I think Miami might be the best team, but I just got to go with North Carolina because if not now, when? Because I think they will eventually get it together. Sam Howell is still one of the best quarterbacks in the country, obviously a Heisman contender. Um, I think Clemson will meet North Carolina, but Clemson's going to win it. They just have so much talent. They will get it together. They've still got a much better defense. Um, and UNC is missing a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball and on the outside with the receiving core. Um, Big Ten. We had a lot of good games at the Big Ten, by the way. Penn State beating Wisconsin in Madison. Iowa shredding Indiana. Um, but And, of course, the Ohio State game that I mentioned. Um, I personally am going to jump on the air and say Iowa is going to play Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And Ohio State's going to win it because they just, again, too much talent. I think Iowa is the best team in the West. They're much better than Wisconsin. They're much better than Minnesota. They've got a great quarterback, great backfield, and their defense might be the best in the in in the Big Ten West. But, uh, Andrew, let's get your take. Big Ten championship. I like that Iowa pick a lot. They looked really good. They took on the 17th-ranked Indiana, who I was actually really impressed with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... They beat them thirty-four to six. Um, but looking at the statistics here, they had one hundred and fifty-eight rushing yards. You know that's really impressive. You know Petros did a solid job out of the quarterback position. Um, but their defense looked great. Um, you know they really put a lot of pressure on Penix. You know he threw three interceptions, fourteen for thirty-one, and he had a really good year last year. And they only held Indiana to seventy-seven rushing yards. You know, I really liked the way Iowa looked, and I definitely think that they could be joining Ohio State in that in that game. Um, all right, so let's go to the Big Twelve. Iowa State looked, and most of our most of the teams we thought would be pretty good, like Oklahoma and Iowa State, kind of stumbled out of the gate. You mentioned Tulane putting up a ton of points in Oklahoma. Iowa State got into a really good slugfest with uh, Northern Iowa, a team that plays them tough every year. Uh, Texas looked pretty good against Louisiana, and I apologize to everybody who roots for Texas. I picked against Texas uh, in week one, so I apologize for that because I thought Louisiana was, was going to go in there and beat them. Um, but Big 12 championship, who do you think is going to get to uh, to Jerry's World in Arlington? Ooh. Well, next week we've got a really exciting matchup in Iowa and Iowa State. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited for that one. Um, I definitely think Oklahoma— this is going to be the top team, and no, I'm going to stick with Iowa State. We were riding mm-hmm. them last year, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see 
this might be a hot take, but I could I could see Texas making a run. I yep. like that backfield. Yeah. Um. I think they had. Let's see how many rushing yards. They had 170 rushing yards and their quarterback, 14 for 21, 224 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Hudson um, Card looked tremendous in that game for Texas. Bijan Robinson. Not many people have talked a lot about him. But he's one of the best running backs in the country. Had 103 rushing yards for Texas. I don't know how many passing yards he got, but I'm sure he had at least 75, 80, maybe even 100 for that. So he might have had 200 yards of offense for that game. I think Oklahoma will, will beat Iowa State in Norman in the regular season. They'll play again in Arlington, and Iowa State beats Oklahoma and gets into the playoff. It's, it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think if, if not now, when for Iowa State? This is their best team that they've had probably in – Program history, returning almost everybody on offense, almost everybody on defense. The Cyclones will lose the regular season game in Norman against Oklahoma, and then they'll beat them again in, in Arlington for the to get to the playoff. I think that's my hot take. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That Iowa-Iowa State game next week, uh, this weekend, it's going to be fun to watch. But, again, if, 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 if Iowa State plays like they played against Northern Iowa, I don't think they have much of a shot because Iowa looked really good last week. Um, Pac-12. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't think UCLA had what it took to beat LSU, but I think they're a dark horse candidate in the Pac-12. Um, but, Andrew, let's get your take on the Pac-12. Who's going to make it? You know, I loved that UCLA game because LSU came in and they were talking a lot of smack. I think coach, I think LSU's coach came in and was like, we want you guys, and they got them. You know, they killed them. Um, that was a really big win for them. Um and let's see. Uh, Oregon beat Fresno. Oregon won the Pac-12 beat Fresno State last week, but it was a close game. Right. I I really like Oregon. I really I really like USC. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with those two. I really like Oregon. Looked good. You know they're ranked 11th in the nation right now. Brown looked pretty solid. 15 for 24 with 172 yards, 186 yards of rushing on offense. And USC destroyed San Jose State. Um, Slovis, who's a very highly touted quarterback prospect, I've been following him. He went. He had 256 passing yards with two touchdowns, 160 yards on offense for rushing. I like those two teams a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. Oregon and SC. My brother Charlie's going to Oregon this year as a freshman, so uh, I have to pick Oregon. Um, but. I didn't like the way they played against Fresno State. I thought they were a little bit soft late in the second half. I know that Kayvon Thibodeau, who's probably a top five, top five draft pick, uh, he got hurt in the second half. He should be good to go to play against Ohio State. That's another game we didn't talk about for week two. Ohio State and Oregon in the horseshoe. It's going to be a great game, especially if Thibodeau's healthy, because that, I think, is going to give Oregon a lot more balance on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Oregon and USC are going to meet for the Pac-12 championship game. I think Oregon's going to win it. But watch out if UCLA can keep this streak riding. You know, they play USC at the end of the year. So that would be an interesting game if UCLA can keep this consistency up because after that game, I thought they looked really, really good. So, um, and then of course, the SEC. We have Alabama, uh, Georgia, AM, uh, LSU, even though they lost. Um, but who wins the SEC? Bama is just so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched a little bit of that game against Miami. And they were unbelievable. Um, yeah, Bryce Young had four touchdowns. I think he set an Alabama debut record with 344 passing yards, four touchdowns. Um, their offense looked really good, their defense. And they, were, they weren't they were playing no slouch. They were playing Miami, who's really solid, obviously, with King back there in quarterback. He had two interceptions. You know, they held him to under 100 rushing yards. Um Alabama just looks again, and they lost a lot of guys from last year's super team. Obviously, that whole offense is looking a little different now, but they don't look like they've skipped a beat. I think Young, and this might be a hot take, might be a dark, might be a potential dark horse to win the Heisman. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. I was really excited to see Alabama. How do they replace so much talent and? It literally just, like, they just picked up right where they left off, and they just kept scoring and scoring and scoring on, on Miami, who should be a contender in the ACC. So um, Alabama's going to play Georgia in what should be an excellent SEC title game, and Alabama's going to win. I really wanted to pick Georgia, but I can't see it happening. 
I think Alabama beats Georgia. Very competitive game. I don't think those two teams will lose more than two games this season. If they do, it's a crime because there's no way. But watch out for A&M and watch out for Florida. I think Florida and A&M can make things very interesting. Alabama does host Texas A&M, or I, th- I think, no. No, it's at A&M, if I remember correctly. So Alabama at A&M would be a good game. Florida-Georgia would be a good game. Alabama at Florida, which is next week, should be a great game. Oh, yeah. Um, so some good college football games. All right, real quick, top. I will give my top four and a Heisman pick. Um, my top four is Alabama at number one, uh, Ohio State at number two, Iowa State at number three. I know it's a very hot take, but I'm all in on Iowa State this year. I got Clemson at number four. Um, I got Alabama beating Clemson in the Cotton Bowl. I got Ohio State in a close game over Iowa State, and I got Ohio State beating Alabama to win the whole thing. And um, because Oklahoma doesn't make it, Chris Olave is a Heisman winner. That's my Heisman prediction. I think he's the if if we had a if we had a wide receiver winning it last year, I definitely think Chris Olave if he continues to play how exciting it, he is to watch the way that he runs his routes. He's very quick. He's very physical. He's he's a lot like Devontae Smith, in my opinion. I, if he continues his hot stretch, I think he's the Heisman winner. But if it was a quarterback, I would have to say Spencer Rattler. But I still think Oklahoma's going to make it into the playoffs. So uh, what are your top four and uh, your Heisman pick? I'm going to go with Alabama at one, Ohio State at two, just like you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go... I'm gonna go with Georgia. Wow. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them though. I actually like that. I'm gonna go with them at four though. I think Clemson's gonna get three. Okay. And I think Bama's gonna beat Ohio State in the finals. And I'm gonna stick with my dark horse and I'm gonna go with Bryce Young as my Heisman. So Bryce Young is your Heisman? Yep. All right. So real quick, week two. Um we'll, we'll just get a couple of picks in. We have two top games um on the board. Uh real quick before we go to commercial break. Um what do you think of the Oregon-Ohio State game next week? Give me a quick pick. This is going to be a really fun game, but I'm going to go no-brainer Ohio State. They, mm-hmm. look too, they look too good. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Oregon's offense is going to play much better this week. They've got a great backfield. They've got a great quarterback, Anthony Brown, who's a transfer from Boston College. Uh, he had the game-winning touchdown against Fresno State. I think he will be a, a very fun player to watch in this game. If Kayvon Thibodeau is healthy... That's going to give Oregon a much better chance to win this game, but it's and it's it's in the horseshoe. I mean, you can't go against Ohio State if it's in the shoe. And as much as I want to pick against Ohio State, I can't because they're my national champions this year. Um, I think Chris Olave has a big game, CJ Stroud. The run game is going to be huge for Ohio State, so I think the Buckeyes will win. And then the big game, college game day is going to be there. The Cyhawk Trophy, arguably the biggest Cyhawk Trophy game that in the history of the trophy game. Iowa at Iowa State. Um, Andrew, I'll let you get started with your pick on this game. You know, Iowa looked really good last week, and I was a little nervous with how Iowa State looked, but I'm still going to take Iowa State because I think Brock Purdy is going to show up in this game. Um, We were all over him last year. Um, Big game. There's going to be a lot of fans there, Um, and I really like Iowa State. It's going to be a close game, hard-fought game, but... I'm taking Iowa State. You're taking by, Iowa State by a hair. Man, I really want to agree with you. I really, really do. I, I'm all in on the Cyclones this year. They have to play better than they did last week because if they don't, Iowa's going to kill them. I mean, Iowa looked about unst- about as unstoppable as you could think last week against Indiana because great defense, great backfield, veteran quarterback, some good receivers on the outside. I really, really, really want to double down on Iowa State. I just, I can't do it. I have to pick Iowa. I just think they're a better team. If if Iowa State wears their all black uniforms, I'll definitely pick Iowa State. But up until then, I got to go with the Hawkeyes. Um, and obviously, it's a it's a big family rivalry, so I have to choose between my entire family who are Hawkeye fans and my one cousin who goes to Iowa State. So I have to choose my entire family over my one cousin that goes to ISU. So I have to. So I have to go with uh, the Cyclones. We'll take a short break. When we come back, um, we will break down NFL divisional previews, playoff previews, and get our Week One predictions in. Before I wrap up the show, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of the Marvel Sports Talk Show right after the break.
WQAQ from the underground up. Not anymore. Introducing the new WQAQ Hamden 98.1 FM. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. My favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Red is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Well, yeller's sweller for this little feller. And me, I'm keen on green. So, what's your favorite color? Tell us, please. Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like what's this. What's your favorite color? Tell us, please. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives and the Ad Council. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. It's the Q for Common Radio. 98.1 WQAQ. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. Not hearing what you want to hear? Check out WQAQ.com to see our on-air schedule. Our DJs are playing everything from punk, loud rock, and classic rock to alternative hip-hop and sports. WQAQ.com. Your online connection to the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor. To a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. You're listening to WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps stand ready to defend the American way of life. The few, the proud, the Marines. And welcome back to the Marvel Sports Talk Show here on WQAQ 98.1. Uh, we're going to start breaking down the NFL. And first off, it's great to have NFL crowds back. As much as it's great to have college football crowds back. But fans get to go in the building in, uh, buildings in the NFL for the first time in two years. Um, and we have some great Week 1 matchups for the first time. Like, Week 1 is usually, like, there's, like, one or two good games there. But, like, Week 1 is, like, stacked. And that's what makes it this much fun. But let's start let's start in the divisions. And I'll start with the AFC East because the AFC East has – Four young quarterbacks taking over for the divisions. You have Josh Allen in Buffalo. You have Zach Wilson for the Jets. You have Matt Jones, who gets to start for the Patriots. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa for Miami. So, out of those four, who makes the long run uh, in the AFC East and wins that division? Well, I think right now the answer is the Buffalo Bills, without question. Um, You know, I'm really excited to see Josh Allen. They just added Emmanuel Sanders, another wide receiver weapon for him. I heard Devin Singletary hit the gym a lot this this offseason. I'm expecting him to play better than he has the last few years. And Buffalo's defense is incredible. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots give them a run for their money because they had a they might have won the offseason. You know, they they picked up Judon on the defensive end of things. 
Offensively, they got the double tight end back with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and it's Mac Jones time. You know, all of my Patriots fan friends, they're really excited that they moved on from Cam Newton, and they're going right into right into week one with Mac Jones. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch him go against the Dolphins on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of rooting for Cam Newton to be the backup because I don't know if I could trust Jarrett Stidham, and I don't know if I could trust Brian Hoyer or whoever the third-string backup's going to be now that Hoyer's gone. I am excited about Mac Jones. I think he's got a lot of weapons. I think he's got a much-improved defense. That's what I'm really excited about the Patriots. Bill Belichick finally has the defense he wanted, and he didn't get it last year because they were so terrible on offense. But he has a defense. He has a future quarterback. But a lot of people are down-talking Miami. As much as I think that New England is going to be a good playoff team, Miami might be a team to watch out for because no one's talking about him. Tua Tagovailoa's back. He adds Jalen Waddle to a good receiving core. They've got a great defense. And they were 10-6 and six last year. And if they had not had to go to Buffalo and went and get into the playoffs that way, they would have been a playoff team. So Miami doesn't have the defense that they had last year, but I still think they're going to be a pretty good team. That week one game between the Dolphins and the Patriots, in my opinion, is going to set the tone for who's going to compete with Buffalo in the division. I think Buffalo's going to win it because Josh Allen is going to be probably an MVP candidate and probably has a much improved team. And the Bills, I think, are going to be very, very motivated after what happened last year with losing in Kansas City. So watch out for the Bills. I think they're going to win the division. But I think the Patriots and the Dolphins, whoever wins that week one game is going to be huge. All right, AFC North. A lot of people are talking about the Browns. A lot of people are talking about the Browns. Joe Burrow's back for the Bengals. Pittsburgh, nah. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, we all know what he can do. But uh, NFC, AFC North, who's going to win it? You know, to me, the answer to this question is simple. It's the Cleveland Browns. Wow. um, Not only are they going to be healthy in offense this year, you know, they got that backfield of Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You know, they've got Austin Hooper at tight end. They've got Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Higgins at wide receiver. And Baker Mayfield going into another year where he improved a lot last year. I expect to see more of the same this year. But defensively, they went out and they got clowny. That defensive that defensive line is going to be tough to stop. You know, you got Miles Garrett and Clowney now on both ends. Look out for that. And their secondary is really good. They have Denzel Ward. You know, I really think you got to watch out for Cleveland to make. You know, they're gonna they're gonna wreak havoc in the North. But I think people should watch out for Pittsburgh too because they finally addressed that running backs their running back situation. You know, last year they were running Benny Snell and an injured James Conner. Mm-hmm. Now they have Nigel Harris, who I think is going to be an electrifying rookie. Um, and they're giving Big Ben one more run, but I think Cleveland's going to win. Yeah, that's the one thing about Pittsburgh that I just can't trust about them is that Big Ben is back. I don't know how, like, how do the Steelers move forward from that? Big Ben's not their future. You know, drafting a quarterback would have been much better than drafting Nigel Harris. And I get that they had to, you know, reload their run game at some point. But think about the defensive losses. You know, T.J. Watt's been upset about his contract. He's holding out right now. Bud Dupree's gone um, on the linebacking position. You know, it's a very young defense than what they had last year with all their veterans. An offense that could score points, but defensively, too many questions. Cleveland, I think, is going to win the division. I think you're right. Much improved offense, much improved, very improved defense. And I'm going to go a little bit with the schedule here. They have back-to-back games with Baltimore. So we get two uh, two straight games of last year's game of the year, in my opinion. Because that Cleveland-Baltimore game at the end of the year. Oh, for when sure. The, when Lamar Jackson apparently had to go use the toilet <laughs> and it comes back and leads the Ravens to a comeback, that was a hell of a game. So we get two, we get that back-to-back this year and what's uh, two great games of the day. I also think Baltimore is going to make the playoffs, but and uh, I still think Cincinnati should have drafted an offensive lineman in the first round because taking DeMar Chase as a number one pick was a terrible move. All right, ASU South. I think Tennessee is going to win it. I really like the Titans getting pass rushers this year. is going to really help this team. I think the Colts, once Wentz gets back, they're going to be much better this year. But watch out for Jacksonville. If Trevor Lawrence has a good year, the Jags could have a pretty good year. Houston, too much controversy. I think it's going to be a really down year for them. Especially now that the fact that Deshaun Watson is not even starting week one. Um, but I like the Titans and I like the Colts to make the playoffs. But what do you think? You know, looking at the South, yeah, easy to write Houston off. Um, Jacksonville, I really like 
I really like what you were saying about them because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make an immediate impact for them. You know, that's such a big upgrade for them at quarterback. You know, obviously they've they've had Gardner Minshew, Mike Glenn in the last few years. Um, that's huge for them. But I think Tennessee's the favorite to win this division. You know, they went out, they got Julio Jones. They addressed their defensive line, which is something they really needed to do. So that's going to make their rushing def- that's going to make their defense as a whole better because it's going to put more pressure on the opposing quarterback. And I think Ryan Tannehill has a lot of weapons. You know, you're essentially just replacing Corey Davis with one of the greatest receivers in the league, Julio Jones. You know, you got AJ Brown who's healthy. You got Derrick Henry who's obviously a monster. I'm really excited to see Tennessee this year. They're gonna they're gonna be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. What's important for Jacksonville if they're able to be a dark horse candidate? They've got to protect the quarterback and they have got to play defense because their defense last year atrocious and in my opinion did not improve this year. So they need to improve their defense and they really need to protect Trevor Lawrence, especially without Travis Etienne losing Etienne for the season uh, hurts them dearly. All right, AFC West, we're all sticking with the Chiefs. Yes. I think the Chiefs is still the best team. Even though they're going to be without a couple of veteran tackles um, on the offensive line, some defensive losses as well. But of course, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Do you believe in the Los Angeles Chargers to be a playoff contender this year? I really do. Um, I love Justin Herbert, and you know their defense—they're going to be healthy. You know, I think Joey Bosa missed time last year. He's going to be back. Um, I like Keenan Allen a lot. They've got some really young guys like. I think they have Mike Williams and Guyton on the wide receiving end. Um, and then obviously Austin Eckler, you know, he missed some time last year. You know, if he can stay healthy, they're going to put up a lot of points. But the question for them is going to be their defense and their ability to close out games, especially closing out games. That's something they've struggled with the last few years. But if they can improve on that, they might be that second best team in that division. I really like the fact that Derwin James is back at the safety position because losing him Big last ad. year— Opened up a lot of things in their secondary. A lot of guys got open. They didn't have their leader back there. And Joey Bosa's back, which is going to be huge for the Chargers. That goes along with, I think, Melvin Ingram is still there. Mm-hmm. So having those two pass rushers get after the quarterback is going to be huge. They improved their offensive line, which is huge for Justin Herbert. Um, but watch out for the Broncos. If Teddy very Bridgewater underrated. can play very good, they've got a very, very good defense. In my opinion, one of the underrated defenses in the NFL Watch out for the Broncos. And I don't think the Raiders have any shot because I just I, I don't know why Derek Carr is still the quarterback. Um, NFC East, this might be about as tough of a, a prediction that you can make in this division because Dallas has an easy schedule. The Eagles have an easy schedule. Washington is the, the defending champion, and the Giants are the Giants. I'm sorry. The, Gi- <laughs> the Giants are the Giants. But I think the same thing like last year. Any one of these four teams has the best chance to win the division. So... I just think I'll just I'll just give you my pick so that um, we'll hold off on what you think about the Giants. Um, I think Dallas is going to win the division. I think that with Dak Prescott back, it'll be great to see him take the field against Tampa Bay. I, they're probably not going to win the game, but him being back is going to be huge. Mike McCarthy gets a do-over with a much better defense. Some young guys, but um, Micah Parsons up front is a monster. Um, Trevon Diggs in the secondary is going to be huge, um, and they've got. The easiest schedule in the NFL. They could ride that wave with Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott and all their weapons on the outside with Mike McCarthy. I think the Cowboys won the division. But, Andrew, let's see. Do you believe in the Giants to win this division? Well, let's just start off with saying I think, again, we're only going to have one playoff team out of the NFC East. Yep. Um, and it's not going to be the New York Giants. Oh, wow. It's not. Um, they did not, if anything, they regressed on their biggest flaw that we've seen the last decade. That's their offensive line. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Zietler. Yes, they added Kenny Galladay. They added Saquon Barkley. They added Kadarius Toney in the draft, which I thought was a great pick. Their offense is going to be a little bit better, I think. Um, but the big issue with them is health and the consistency and question mark, ultimately, of Daniel Jones. Um you know, Daniel Jones looked a lot better last year in the second half, but he, he looked terrible in, in camp and in the preseason, um, you know, which I don't always put a lot of stock into. But on top of that, you've got Saquon coming off a torn ACL. Kenny Galladay might not even be ready the first few weeks. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. 
Um, Evan Ingram has a calf injury. He might be headed to the IR, you know. And then I look around the rest of the division. I know I think the Giants are better than Philly. I just don't trust their defense. You know, I think they're definitely the worst team. Um, the Washington football team, I don't love that. We were talking about this before, David. We don't love that they're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick because Taylor Haneke, he, I think he's earned this job after watching him duel Tom Brady last year in the playoffs. Absolutely. And, almost upsetting them, you know. I think it's going to come down to them and Dallas. And Dallas, obviously, they got Zeke, and they got Dak Prescott back, which is great. I'm excited to see him play. And they upgraded their biggest hole which last year, which was their defense. But I think I, I'm going to go with Dallas, too. Okay. I was surprised to say that you think the Giants are going to be the worst team in this division. I think they're better than Philadelphia. No, I I said that Philly's oh, you, oh, you be said the worst. They were, right. They won't be as good as they were last year. No, they're going to be a little below 500. Okay. Um, I do I do think that they're better than Philadelphia because of their offense. Yes. But Philadelphia, I, I don't know about Philadelphia. I mean, I, I kind of like their offense, but defensively, what do they have? I just I just don't know. And Washington, yeah, we, you're right. We were talking about this before. Taylor Heineke earned the job in the playoff game. What, like, to, to go out there and duel Tom Brady and only lose by one score. By the way, Washington might have been the best team that played Tampa Bay on the Bucks run of the Super Bowl because New Orleans got blown out, Green Bay got blown out, and the Chiefs got blown out. So Washington was the best team that played Tampa Bay in the first round, and they lost by eight points. So And Taylor Heineke was the starting quarterback, so I don't know. That Dallas-Washington game at the end of the season is going to be uh, huge. Um, NFC North, I'm just going to – Green Bay is going to win the division. I just I can't see Aaron Rodgers not winning this division, not winning the NFC Championship, and not winning the Super Bowl in this year. I just can't see it. Not that I'm saying Green Bay is going to win it all, but I'm saying this is probably his last year in the league. He's, he said it on social media. All the controversy that was going on with him at the um, at the middle of the summer about him, you know, wanting a better uh, wanting a better team, uh, threatening to leave the Packers and not join their practices. Um, so I just can't imagine them not winning this division with Aaron Rodgers. Um, is there a team that can contend with them in this division? Short answer, no. I think it's going to be Green Bay. They're going to run away with it. Detroit's going to be terrible. I think the Bears are going to be terrible. I think Minnesota has the best chance out of all the other teams just because they have a really good offense. But I still don't trust their defense. Green Bay's by far the best team in that division. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think Chicago has probably the best chance to um, upset them because of their defense. Defense always very, very talented. And... Justin Fields, if he if he gets the start, Chicago could be a contender. But I just don't think anybody could stop Green Bay. All right, NFC South again. Bucks probably going to win the division. Probably going to win the NFC Championship. Probably going to get back to the Super Bowl. Second best team in this division, much like much like the NFC North. Who's the second best team in this division? You know, I really don't trust the Saints this year. I don't trust Jameis Winston. Um, and you know, looking at the Falcons, I don't trust their defense. You know, they just got Kyle Pitts, which is going to be huge, but they also lost Julio, and Matt Ryan's getting old. And you're going to love this, David. But with a healthy yeah. CMC coming back, absolutely, a solid defense, a pretty good wide receiving core, I'm yep. going to go with the Panthers. Wow. You know, I think they're. I don't think they have a chance to really compete with Tampa <laughs> for that one spot. But I think they could. I think they could sneak into a wild card spot. That would be. As as hot of a take as I've seen, and it, coming from a true Panthers fan, every time I get my hopes up for the Panthers, it's the same movie over and over again. They get off to a great start, something goes wrong, and all hell breaks loose, and they're done. They they slump the rest of the year, take the rest of the year off like it doesn't even matter, and they don't make the playoffs. I am going in as a Panthers fan with about as low as expectations as I've had for this team in a long time. I don't know about Sam Darnold. I like the fact that Christian McCaffrey is back. Um, for the Panthers, I think they've got a much improved defense. I really like their defensive line this That's year. Derek key. Brown's back. Uh, Yeter Grossmanos from Penn State's back. Um, they've got some good back uh, linebackers. J.C. Horn and Jeremy Chin in the secondary are going to be two very young cornerbacks. But Jeremy Chin was a talent last year, so watch out for the Panthers. They may be the second best team. I just don't. I don't trust Jameis Winston at all ever. And Atlanta. It, it's the end of the line for Matt Ryan. I think it's and the fact that they don't have Julio Jones anymore, they don't have Todd Gurley. Calvin Ridley has had his ups and downs. Mike Davis is the new running back. I just don't think Atlanta's offense will go anywhere, and that's not going to help their defense. So 
So, uh, last division to preview, the NFC West. This might be, again, the most competitive division in football this year because San Francisco's healthy. The LA Rams might have the best defense in the division in the in the conference. Arizona could be a contender because, in my opinion, they were the NFC team that won the offseason. And then, of course, you have Russell Wilson in Seattle. So who wins the NFC West? You know, you can make an argument for any one of these four teams, honestly. But I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to be the Rams. You know, I really like the addition of Matt Stafford there. You know, he's going to have a decent offensive line. He's got a lot of weapons on offense with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Um, and then they've got a pretty solid running back in Henderson. They just got Sony Michelle too, which is interesting. But that defense is just a game changer. You know, Aaron Donald up front. They got a ridiculous secondary. Um, I'm excited for the Rams. I think the Cardinals, though, they could they can make a run. Um, you know, obviously they added JJ Watt. I think they got AJ Green on receiver. They you know um I'm excited to see Arizona also. And then obviously Seattle and San Francisco, you can make arguments for too. You know, especially with Seattle's offense, but I just don't trust their defense. And San Francisco, love their defense, but you know, I'm not hundred percent sure on that young offense yet. Yeah, I just don't know about San Francisco. I do think San Francisco is gonna win the division because I think their defense is healthier. Trey Lance could jumpstart Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, or could jump over Jimmy Garoppolo to land the starting job. Um, so I think San Francisco, if they stay healthy, will win the division. Arizona will make the playoffs. I think they will finish with a much better year than they had last year. They'll make the playoffs. All right, we got to fly through this because we're running out of time. We're going to fly through our picks. But let's start with Thursday Night Football. Cowboys, Bucks. Uh, real quick, I'm going to say Bucks in a close game. I think Dallas will compete, but Bucks in a low-scoring game. I think Dallas covers the eight-point spread, but I'm going to take the Bucks. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville-Houston. Jacksonville favored by three points. Uh, I like the Jags to win, and I like them to cover in a very another low-scoring game. Me too. Texans are terrible. T-Law debut. Jags. All right, this one we were debating this one for a while, and uh, during the break, Chargers Washington in in Landover. It's tough, but I think the Chargers are out to prove a point going in and beating a division uh, winner last year uh, from last year. Um, that's going to set the stage. I think Justin Herbert throws for three hundred three touchdowns, and the Chargers win a shootout against Washington. I don't think it'll be a shootout, but I do think that the Chargers are going to nail win a nail biter. All right, next game on CBS. Six and a half point favorite is Buffalo. They host Pittsburgh at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. I like the Bills to win and cover. I just don't think I can't trust Pittsburgh's defense. I can't trust Ben Roethlisberger. Josh Allen and the Bills are on a mission. I think they're going to put up a ton of points, and I think their defense is going to make a lot of turnovers. I'm taking the Bills to win, and I'm going to take the six and a half to cover. Yep, don't sleep on the Bills' defense, mm-hmm. and obviously an electric offense. I'm taking the Bills by 10-plus. Okay. Underrated game of the week. I'm just saying this. Arizona, Tennessee, I think it's going to be a great game, but I can't see Arizona's defense slowing down Derrick Henry after the monster season he had. Dark Horse MVP candidate Derrick Henry. Um, he'll have a big game. Tannehill will have some big game. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals will put up points too, but Tennessee wins and takes the three points to cover. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. I think it's going to be a three-point game, but I'm going to give it to the Titans. All right, real quick pick. Jets-Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers because I'm a Panthers fan. I take the four and a half as well. It's, it's the Jets. It should be an easy win. Sam Darnold should get his revenge. Yep, I don't trust the Jets' defense or Zach Wilson, so I'm going with the Panthers. All right, another quick pick. Eagles-Falcons in Atlanta. I like the Eagles to win. They're actually the underdogs here, so get the dog mask out, Philadelphia, because you're underdogs. I'm taking the underdogs to win. I can't trust Atlanta's offense, and I really don't like their defense. Jalen Hurts throws for 250, two touchdowns, and Philly gets a scoop and score and wins the game. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to go with a shootout in Atlanta, and wow. I'm going to take, because I don't trust either defense, yeah. but I think Kyle Pitts is going to have a big first game, and the Falcons are going to win. Wow, okay. I didn't think that was one game we were going to disagree on, but okay. All right, Vikings-Bengals in Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow is going to ball out, have a great game. I am taking Cincinnati in this game. I just don't know. The Vikings have so many question marks on defense and on offense. I'm taking the Bengals in this game. Love this underdog pick. You know, Minnesota opening up at three-point favorites. I'm going to take the healthy Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. And I actually think they're going to win by that spread of three points or more. Okay. All right, San Francisco in Detroit should be a quick and easy pick. Um, Nick Bosa comes back with Avengers, has three sacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Trey Lance starts the fourth quarter and throws a touchdown pass. San Francisco takes care of business in Detroit. 
49ers blowout. Take mm-hmm. the spread. This is going to be a good game. Seahawks and Colts in Indy. Because Carson Wentz is out, and I don't know who Indianapolis is going to start as the backup. I'm taking Seattle in a very close game. It's going to be a defensive battle, but I think the Seahawks win in a close one. I think the Colts' defense is going to give Seattle problems, but I think Seahawks are going to pull it off on a late touchdown. I thought you were going to disagree with me there for a second. (laughs) Um, All right, uh, this game moved to Jacksonville. Saints and the Packers in Jacksonville. Again, I don't trust Jameis Winston. I don't trust the Saints' defense. And this is the year of Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking the Packers. I think four points is a very generous spread for Saints fans. I think Packers blow them out. All right. A neutral uh, site. All right, MetLife Stadium game, Broncos, Giants. I'll, I'll agree with you, Andrew. I think the Giants are going to win because it's at home, but it's going to be a very low-scoring game because Denver's defense is legit. Giants are going to win 13-10. to 10. It's going to be a defensive and turnover battle. All right, Cleveland and the Chiefs. I was debating this for a long time. And then uh, Rob Lyon, who was sitting next to me in the media suite today, said he's picking the Browns. I'm going to agree with them. I'm taking Cleveland to win this game. I think this is a tone-setting game for the Browns. I'm taking the Browns to upset the Chiefs. Love it. That's a ballsy pick, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But I do think it's going to be within the six-point spread. All right, this is my game of the week on Marvel Sports uh, website. Uh, Dolphins-Patriots, winner, in my opinion, will set the tone to be the second-best team in the East. I really, really, really want to pick against the Patriots in this game because Miami's very underrated. But because it's in Foxborough, because a lot of because the Patriots fans are going to be all out for this game, and it's Mac Jones' first game, I'm taking Mac Jones. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking Mac Jones and the Pats too, his home debut, but I would not bet on this game. All right, Sunday Night Football in Los Angeles for the second straight opener. Bears, Rams, because Justin Fields is not starting Rams will have a better defense. Very, very low-scoring game. I'll take the Rams, but the Bears to cover in this game. Rams' defense is going to hold the Bears to 10 points or less, and the Rams are going to beat them. All right, last pick of the day, and the last pick as our show is about to wrap up. Ravens, Raiders in Las Vegas. Lamar Jackson's going to put on a show. He's going to earn that money in Las Vegas. Taking the Ravens, and I'm taking the 4.5 with Baltimore. So I think they're going to blow out Oakland in this game. First Monday night game of the year, and Lamar always shows up for big games, so we're going with Lamar. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first edition of the Marvel Sports Talk Show. For Andrew Spazano, I'm David Marr. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you next Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll recap week one. We'll recap week two of college football, and we'll settle in with our week two picks for NFL. Have a great night, everybody, and we'll see you next week.